Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldview's Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled Using a Venn Diagram to Present Salvation and Explain Sanctification. The concept of Venn diagrams was introduced in the 1800s as a way of showing the logical relationships between groups or sets of elements. They can offer a visual way of defining salvation and ongoing sanctification for the biblical Christian. Obviously, in this podcast, (laughs) there is no visual, um, but in the um, link, there is an actual um, visual of the of the Venn diagram, but basically it's three circles with an intersection uh, where all of them cross. And each circle stands for a certain thing, um, and where they all cross and come together is depicted salvation. So scripture offers clarity on how to have Jesus Christ in our lives for eternity. It's represented by the intersection of three circles in the Venn diagram and is succinctly expressed by God uh, in two verses, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and Romans 10, 9. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift from God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Romans 10, 9, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Each of these uh, circles uh, that I was referring to in the Venn diagram represents one of the subsets or one of the parts or components of salvation. Uh, The first of those three is grace alone. We're saved by God's grace as he provided a way to release us from the repercussions of bad things we've done in our lives. Being good persons or doing good things to balance the bad things we've done will not work according to scripture. Romans eleven six. for it's by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works, otherwise grace is no longer grace. And then secondly, faith alone. One can see God if they are willing to look for him. We can look at fulfilled prophecies in the Bible and we can see the creator's hand in the world around us and come to intellectual conclusions that there must be a higher power. However, that head knowledge is not sufficient in God's economy. The Lord is looking for those who trust him by faith, not by logic or sight. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is the assurance of of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And third, finally, Christ alone. There are so many religions and so many gods and so many sacred texts out there in the world. However, from a biblical Christian perspective, there's only one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity has made it clear in the Bible that the narrow path to salvation requires an acceptance that Jesus Christ is the only door into God's eternal kingdom. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
So to be saved, to have an eternal life with God, one must accept his grace through faith in Jesus Christ. To believe in any uh, two of the three doctrinal statements I just presented in that Venn diagram is sadly not sufficient by an omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent God. We may not understand all the details, and we may disagree with his views on certain matters. However, he is God, and we are not. So he calls us to believe in God's grace rather than works, and acknowledge that Christ is the singular path to a relationship with him. He calls us to believe that he has the power and the authority to remove our sins by his gift of grace, Christ's death on a cross and his resurrection from the grave. And he calls on us to believe by faith, regardless of our own views or opinions and the challenges of others. Further, we should not limit our acceptance of God in Christ based purely on intellectual consent. Our personal relationship with him should come from a deep, heartfelt faith fully trusting in him and his calling in our lives. Christ therefore calls each believer to acknowledge to all who will listen that just as he rose from the dead, he will raise us from the dead if we accept him as both personal Savior and Lord. Romans 10.9 For many who seek the safety and blessings of God, it may seem easy to acknowledge Christ as our Savior, but to repent and humble ourselves and turn to him as our Lord is much more of a challenge as man is so independent-natured. When we accept God as both Savior and Lord of our lives through grace alone and faith alone in Jesus Christ alone, our salvation is secure in the center of that Venn diagram that I've mentioned and described. Finally, salvation is an event in the life of the believer. There's a point in time when each of us can look back and see the moment where our selfish spirit has been broken and we believe in our hearts, accepting Christ as Lord and Savior. That moment which leads up to it and the discernible changes it makes in our lives represents our personal testimony, something which no one can take away from us. So also contained within that Venn diagram is the concept of sanctification. Unlike salvation, which is an event in the life of the Christian, sanctification is a process that follows throughout the rest of our lives after we're saved. Simply put, it's a time of discovery of who God is and what he calls each of us uniquely to do with our lives. Three broad and universal components of that lifelong process are to love God, love our neighbors, and to accept an inerrant Bible. First, to love God. The Lord provided a solution to absolve us of paying the eternal penalty for the bad things that we've done and will do. No matter the seriousness of those sins, we have been forgiven as they were paid for by the death of his son on the cross. Further, we're assured of a resurrection to life eternal in heaven. Finally, we're given a counselor that will help us through our remaining days on this earth to discern God's truth from man's. God's grace in these areas, his gift to us, creates a desire to both worship and follow him. In a single word, this can be described 
as love. Matthew twenty two thirty seven, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. We also need to love our neighbor as a second component. Not only are we to love God through the worship and the following of his commands, but that vertical relationship needs to also be demonstrated horizontally toward our fellow man. John thirteen thirty four. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also may love one another. Third and finally, in an errant Bible. Finally, all Christians need a foundation from which to learn who God is and what he expects from his children. If one does not accept a written record of his teachings, how can we have a true relationship with him while we're on this earth? In a marriage, if a husband and a wife never talk or write to each other, how can they ever know each other? God provided a way for man to know he exists by looking at the miraculous nature of the world around us. He seeks out or he seeks rather us out in prayer and fellowship through the Holy Spirit. However, our sin nature and our adversary, the devil, can get us all twisted up, similar to the experiences of Adam and Eve and the forbidden fruit. We need to study God's love letter to us, which is his perfect word. If we believe the Bible can't be trusted, and therefore we pick and choose what is true, what good is there in having a sacred text? This is why when we disagree with God's word, Our personal views need to be subordinated to our fate. We need to remember he is the potter and we are the clay in his hands. Isaiah 29, 16. God bless you as you serve him today. Today's podcast article was brought to you by bcworldview.org providing honest reporting and analysis on the intersection of contemporary issues and theology based on a biblical Christian worldview. May God bless you as you continue to walk through this life with our Savior and Lord.